Hey, what's going on, everybody? Madeline Moon here. Merry Christmas. I didn't really get to wish you guys a Merry Christmas because I did not have a podcast episode last Wednesday, but now I can say I hope you all had a great holiday and also Happy New Year's because tonight's New Year's and that's super exciting because tomorrow is January 1st. So I hope all of you are going to have a fantastic safe night and um, I want to know all about your your dreams and hopes for 2015. It's so exciting. I'm not really one of those people that have New Year's resolutions. Um, I'm actually definitely, I'm most definitely um, anti-weight loss New Year's resolutions, but I totally understand wanting to get your act together for the new year or having some dreams and some goals and really going after them and just that feeling of like starting fresh. I know it can be a great motivational tool. Um, So tell me about your dreams and your goals and I want to know all about it. And for you guys, I would love to tell you all my big news. If you're on my newsletter, you received a email last week where I, you know, I told you that I wasn't going to have a episode last week. Sorry about that. But since it was Christmas, I didn't really want to send out a podcast episode that I knew would most likely not get listened to. So my big news that I mentioned in my newsletter is that starting now, well, starting, definitely starting January 1st, 2015, I am a full-time coach. I am pursuing my mind, body, musings, um, passion, and podcasting and coaching as a full-time career. So it's huge. It's really scary. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm definitely just like, I don't even know. It's, It's really hard to describe this feeling of excitement and fear and anxiety and being thrilled and overwhelming joy knowing that you're doing something that you're called to do. It's a very powerful feeling knowing that you're taking this huge leap and that you're throwing yourself into it. But this is what I love to do. This is what I meant to do. So I'm doing it full time now. Yeah, like it's I just even saying it out loud is unbelievable. And I'm really excited to be able to share that with you guys and um, yeah I mean you it's because of you that I'm doing this like every single email that I receive saying thank you for helping me um, every client that I work with you guys just I don't I can't even put it into words because it's it's so incredible and I feel truly blessed to love doing what I do and and yeah I'm just oh, I'm just so excited I also really wanted to bring up the fact that I have recipes on my blog, on my website. Did you guys know that? Because it's been brought to my attention that a lot of people think that I just have this podcast and I don't really have a, a website or I, I have a website, but it's it's just for the podcast. But I actually have a whole section filled with recipes and I have a whole bunch of articles that I write weekly and my website's definitely a lot more than just a place where my podcast lives. So if you want to like read about... Um, you know, eating disorders or even uh, good recipes and lots of different sweet potato recipes and paleo and gluten-free and also gluten-filled and everything you can think of. Lots of dairy, lots of everything without dairy. Um, Go to my website and you'll see a little recipes tab on the top and you can go there and then it has everything kind of organized and breakfast, lunch, dinner, all that stuff. So head on over there and try one of those recipes. I've got some delicious like meatball recipes and burgers and I absolutely love to cook. So check that out. Um, Let's see, what other announcement do I have? Last announcement is, um, oh my goodness, four weeks to body freedom. As you guys know, I've been talking about this a a bit, but my program's coming up on uh, January 19th. 
And in case you aren't like tired of hearing me talk about it yet, I am super, super excited. Spots are filling up, but all the spots are not taken yet. There are definitely about 10 spots open. So if you're interested in signing up for this program, head on over to mindbodymusings.com slash body dash freedom and read what I have to say about this program. It is going to be incredible. We're going to talk about exercise addiction and comparing yourself and social media and disordered eating and anxiety and food fears and why we have food fears and I'm going to have exercises for you to do every single week and there's going to be video webinars and constant contact with me. I will be your your coach for the full four weeks. So if you're interested in this program, it's only $199 for the whole four weeks. Let me know if you have any questions at all. You can email me at mindbodymusings at gmail.com. Um, I definitely want to answer any of your questions. If you're a little hesitant for any reason at all, let me know, and I'll see what I can do to um, help you make a decision about this. So without further ado, let's go head on over to our show. You're listening to the Mind Body Musings Podcast, the show where you can learn the most intricate details about the body, the mind, and how lifestyle choices link the two to create individual health for every shape and size. I'm fitness and nutrition expert Maddie Moon, here to enlighten you on how to live your life in a way that promotes satiation, thrivation, and self-appreciation. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. We've got an incredible show lined up today with a guy who's known for his exceptional ability to turn fitness fanatics who simply go through the motions into practical goal-setting, progress-making machines. David Archer saw a great deficit in detail provided by mainstream fitness and nutrition. Out of this unsettling gap was born Precision Fitness. Precision Fitness is, both in training protocol and nutrition, a more accurate and understandable gambit of information for the fitness fanatic who needs to understand more than simple reps plus sets equals volume. David has helped countless people make changes in their physical health by increasing their energy, hormones, stamina, and overall strength. I am pleased as punch to have him on the Mind Body Musings podcast today. So let's go ahead and welcome him to the show. Hey, David, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Madeline. Thank you for having me. Of course. Thanks so much for joining us. Um, I wanted to tell everybody how we met because it's so, so strange. Um, We were working at like a fashion show party thing. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Isn't that so weird? Like I totally forget that's how we met. But um, in case everyone knows what Formula One is, it's like this race event, this race car event. And... Um, I somehow got a gig working at this like mansion in Austin and like John Legend came and like Rick Perry was there and I'm pretty sure Fergie was there like all these random people and like no I'm not cool this isn't something that ever happens to me in my life this is like a once in a lifetime thing but I was serving our doors and you were like a bouncer or something like that wasn't that what you were doing? Yeah something like that I yeah and I completely forgot that's how we uh how we actually met um yeah, that party was that was crazy. I remember specifically they had this this pool with glass over top of it and a glass uh, podium where where the host was speaking. Um, yeah, and it was uh, it was just super crazy. But I was 
they had me a, a perimeter detail, <laughs> which basically means, um, you know, where I was standing, if you'll remember, there was kind of a walkway and, and then a brick wall. And then outside of that, the fence, the, the cliff kind of, uh, it was a precipice down to, to the river. And so I guess my job was to make sure there weren't any crazy skill in the, the rock wall to, to do damage. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, I remember you were standing there forever, and I was just, like, walking back and forth past you, like, carrying, like, Japanese sweet potato hors d'oeuvres and, like, cocktails and all this stuff. And, like, that yeah. pool was amazing. And there were, like, these girls walking across it in these, like, million-dollar gowns, and their John Legend is, like, playing his music on the on the pool. I don't oh, even know. Oh, yeah, it was, it, was crazy. it was amazing. Yeah, it was, it was so fun. Um, so, anyways... Let's go ahead and talk about you and what you do. Give us some background history and how you became a trainer and how Precision Fitness came to be. Um, well, I guess, I mean, I don't want to go too far back. I don't remember third grade a whole lot. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just, uh, I was in college, um, I guess is probably where it all started um, from an academic standpoint. I actually, the first three years of college, I was a studio art major. Um, so I actually studied a lot of color theory and composition and um, figure and um, uh, basically nudes were, were my, my main focus. Um, and then long story short, I got scared, thought I was going to be a starving artist and I switched to, you know, the only other mainstay that I had in my life and that was uh, fitness. And so I went into, um, at Texas State, they call it uh, exercise sports science. So I went ahead and, and got into that. Um, coached for, for a long time, uh, youth, uh, semi-pro collegiate. Um, and then I guess there, there was kind of a turning point where I got kind of sick of seeing the whole, uh, cookie cutter nutrition program, cookie cutter, uh, diet and training. Um, and I wanted to do something a little bit more specific and discovered that, that I fell in love with, uh, with the, the numbers. I fell in love with the science of everything. Um, and then got my first job actually training at a, at a corporate gym up in North Austin at the same time when I was coaching uh, men's and women's soccer at Concordia. Um, and I guess kind of just from there, it, it sort of came together. And um, I've kind of developed this voice in, in the industry where it is very much health-centric. Um, just because, you know, when you look at the numbers, when you look at what happens to your systems internally – um, a lot of those things are, for the most part, quantitative. You can you can look at those things and say, okay, well, if I do A, B, and C, then I should be healthy in in these ways. Um, and then, uh, gosh, trying to think. After that, I someone convinced me to do my first show, and I was 160 pounds. And forget it, I'll do it. I'll check the box. And then uh, discovered that I was pretty good at at helping people get ready for shows. Um, and now here I am, a couple years later. Wow, that is so cool. I didn't know that you were an artist at first. That's, yeah, that's what I lived for. I was, uh, I was a huge fan of uh, um, graphite, charcoal, and uh, watercolor. And so after you got really involved with the, the fitness and the bodybuilding and training other people, you've seen a lot of things, I'm sure, like seeing people go do this kind of stuff the right way and then do it the wrong way as well. Yeah, it's... Um... You know, I've been I've been putting people on stage specifically for about three years now. <clears throat> so um, in my in my eyes, still sort of in in my infancy as far as that's concerned. 
Um, but yeah, when you look at the, the laws of physiology, thermodynamics and, and what happens to a person when you do, when you move your body in any direction aggressively, um, yeah, there's, there are certain people that will have a particular protocol or, or a system that isn't necessarily ideal. Um, I've gotten away from saying doing things the right way and doing things the wrong way because every time I feel like I've got, you know, a handle on the trend in information and I'll say, okay, well, this is, this is really, this plot point of data is really telling us some, some great information. Then someone will come along and, and they're an outlier. Um, as far as that, um, and I'm using my air quotes here as far as the experiment. Um, and that's what I tell everybody. It's always an experiment because, you know, no matter how much information we have, um, there's always environmental factors and there was always the, the one biggest variable, which is, uh, human behavior. So yeah, to, I guess to, to beat a dead horse that I've seen a lot, I've seen a lot, uh, you know, to the left and to the right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And so today me and you kind of were talking earlier that we want to really focus on the top biggest mistakes people make when starting a new nutrition or fitness program. Um, so what's the number one with that? Um, I would, in my experience, <clears throat> the number one thing that I would say people aren't, um, doing optimally to start is basically being honest with themselves, uh, as far as why they want the change. Um, and now this doesn't have to be, you know, someone saying, okay, well, aesthetically, I want to assume a likeness of, you know, X fitness model or this pro athlete. Um, the biggest thing is you just, you've got to be honest with yourself. You've got to love yourself first because in, in making these changes, sometimes, you know, you, you tend to upset the balance. And, um, and if you're not from an emotional, mental, and physical standpoint, if you're not shooting for what can I do within the healthy realm first, then it gets, it gets pretty dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've experienced that myself and you kind of watched me go through that. Um, so what, what if you were someone who was starting a health, you know, nutrition program and you're doing it specifically for aesthetic goals and that's pretty much it. What can you expect to happen? Um, well, that's a, that's a blanket question right there. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I guess to start, you know, you're, you'll notice that, um, I guess we'll, we'll start mentally what, what you think about uh, and, and what your heart is about is what you become, right? And so as you're uh, in a positive light, as you're thinking about these things and um, speaking yourself forward and thinking things into existence, um, you'll start to notice that uh, the way you address things, your hermeneutics, um, your mentality towards certain things, people, and processes may begin to change. And that's that's a pretty exciting time. I think that's something that most people should uh, encourage themselves to go through in, in one way or another, um, because it's it's one of the things that really allows us to grow. I think uh, first and foremost. Yeah, definitely. And like, what what about perfectionism though? Like, what if you're going into this? I want to change my body, and I want to look like this girl, and I've got to be super lean. And then they're striving for this thing called perfection. And like mentally it's frustrating and it's annoying and it's, it's harsh. Physically it can, be, it can be extremely draining. How do you go about like not falling into the, the belief that perfectionism is real? Holding back and just wanting to improve yourself. And that's it. Um, I, I mean, I guess I would just say you have to revert back to 
um, to the first thing is you got to love yourself first because um, if you look at somebody with, you know, with those rose tinted glasses, um, yourself included, then you're going to feel that you're closer to that profession without looking for a title. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So, um, so for most folks that I work with, whether they are lifestyle clients or whether they are uh, competitors, um, the goal is, okay, well, what can we do to make you the best version of yourself? And that sounds kind of cliche, but that's the truth of the matter. Um, you know, it's, uh, you, you have to understand um, what's really going to make you happy. And what mainstream fitness uh, tells us is that perfection has measurements. Um, perfection looks like uh, the girl with the yellow bathing suit, or perfection looks like the guy who has these really unrealistic proportions. Um, and that's those are that those are the true outliers. Those are the folks who um, have a genetic predisposition. They they manage their days in a really really strict uh, way in order to achieve a particular look. Um, and I think you have to understand who you are, you know, are you a process driven person? Are you a results driven person? Um, what do you really understand about yourself and can you make it truly about yourself as opposed to allowing those external influences to, to change what the truth is? Yeah. And to add to that, like a lot of those people, like the, the girl with the yellow bathing suit and the unproportional guy, like those people also are very often paid to look like that. And like they spend all of their time training for the photo shoot coming up or training for a particular show or something because they're getting paid to do it. And like the regular old Joes that just want to get in shape, I mean, it's not really that realistic to have that kind of person be your, like that kind of body be your end goal because it takes a lot of maintenance and a lot of being on top of it every single day to stay like that. And it's frustrating. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it's, uh, it can be frustrating if you're looking at it from point A to point B. Um, but the thing that, that we don't take into consideration when we look at folks like that is the time. Like we're looking at something in a shrink wrapped uh, compression of time when we look at the front of that magazine or we see somebody on TV. Um, what we don't see is the the time that they've they've taken to fail prepping their meals, the time that they've taken that, you know, it's a pity party and they feel bad about themselves because they're not where they want to be. And this stuff happens over years, sometimes decades, in order to get to that point where um, they're seen as as that quasar of fitness, as the ultimacy. Um, and so to, to step back and look at it and say, okay, well, um, you know, you were really, really complimentative at the beginning of this podcast and I really appreciate that. Um, so I don't want to take anything away from it, but again, I've only been putting people on stage for about three years. Um, yes, I've been, I've been lucky enough to enjoy the science so that it doesn't feel like work to me. So yeah, all my people end up doing really well. Um, but again, it's only three years, you know, that's a, that's a blip on the screen compared to, um, what does it really take to, to have an idea and say, okay, well, what, what if, and that's a great thing. It always starts with the, what if, what if I can start to move my life in that direction? And then you just do, you know, we talked about the mental changes, then the environmental changes, and finally the physical changes. Um, what can I do to, you know, lean in that direction in a healthy way. And then all of a sudden you've got these fantastic habits that you've developed and you don't really think about it too much. That's just kind of what you do. That's who you are. And then all of a sudden people uh, assign, you know, fancy titles like 
well, he's the, the fitness guy of the family, or he is, you know, um, the architect uh, of our group. You know, everybody kind of does this stuff based on, on what we enjoy. Um, but again, the circles back around to if you don't, if you're not loving yourself, then you're probably not doing a whole lot of things that you enjoy intrinsically. Yep. Beautifully said. I love it. So, so what is number two? Um, I feel like we kind of already touched on it. I've, uh, I'm going to say assuming unrealistic expectations. Um, yeah, I feel <laughs> Yeah, we pretty <laughs> much like, did. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess just, you know, it, it's a reflection of how you operate. Um, are you, are you used to, maybe you're the person who's used to being really good at something. And so you have this expectation of, oh, bang, I should be able to achieve this physique within the first six months. Maybe I'll be generous. I'll give myself a year. Um, and maybe your, your genetic predisposition doesn't allow for that. Maybe you need five to six years to get to what you thought was ideal. Um, or maybe you're like, like I am where I research everything and I'm, I'm a toe in the water type of guy before I make a jump. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think assuming unrealistic ex expectations, uh, really can set you up to, uh, to feel pretty crappy about yourself later on. Yeah, especially if you're living in a world of should be's, like I should be doing this, should be doing that, instead mm -hmm. of like feeling what you're feeling and like taking it at your own pace and like you said, enjoying the process and just, you know, settling in and enjoying the, the, the whole journey of it, not just point A to point B. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, so we'll skip over since we did already go over that. What is number three? Number three, um, <laughs> remember to enjoy the <laughs> Um, yeah, just, you know, enjoying everything you do with almost this, I don't want to call it a thousand yard stare type of, uh, you know, ignorance is bliss, but you know, it's definitely, it's definitely important to no matter what you're doing, remember that you have, it's your prerogative to change what you're doing at any moment for any reason that you want. Um, and it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks for within reason. You know, um, but as long as you're enjoying the process, if, if I am really passionate today about sitting on my butt and playing video games, because I know that's going to make me feel good, then I'm probably going to do that. Um, if I'm really passionate about, okay, I've got these few new clients who they seem like they know what they're doing, but it just, I feel like I give them a little bit more then I'm going to do that. Um, but throughout those things, and I, I'm using those as, you know, work and, and leisure as two extremes. Um, but I'm going to enjoy those things no matter what, you know, and that's what I, I behoove, um, my friends, my family, my clients to, to adopt that sort of mentality. Um, because again, it's, it's really great for that, that side of self discovery and, um, to be able to figure out, okay, well, I thought I was really going to enjoy this because everybody I hang out with does, but it's just not really my thing or vice versa. Who knows? Yeah. Well, what are some ways that you can enjoy the process along the way? Like, what are those little things that you tell your clients to like stop and realize and be proud of themselves for? Um, pulling the trigger for, for the first thing. Um, and again, it doesn't matter whether you're a lifestyle, whether you've got, maybe it's, um, I don't know, like an anniversary or maybe you're going to go on a boat party, whatever it is, you've got this important date inside your mind, right? Um, and so we always ask the question, why? Well, I always ask the question, why? Especially when I first meet somebody, because I want to figure out what really drives that person. But it's less for me, and it's more for them, because 
whenever things get tough or there is a little bit of a, of a lag time or maybe you're not as good as it, at it as you thought you would be, it's important to be able to remember you know, why you're doing that. Um, and if you can remember why you're doing that, then the boil goes down to a simmer and you can, you can enjoy the small things um, like the time you get to spend uh, learning about food, the time you get to spend um, you know, having that internal renaissance of your body if you're not used to working it over the way that, the way that we do in this fitness world. Mm-hmm. And like speaking of food, it's very important to you for your clients to have like a variety, right? Like I, I do also want to reiterate real quickly that we're not talking about like weight loss here. We're just talking about accumulating a healthy lifestyle, a very well-rounded balanced lifestyle. Because yeah. a lot of people in their minds, they might be thinking immediately about weight loss and that's not at all what this is about. This is about developing habits that are going to carry on forever and improve your everything from strength to stamina and your hormones, your energy. Um, but anyways, food, like how do you keep it exciting? Because you're not at all one of those coaches that prescribe a bland diet of chicken and broccoli. No, I mean, and certainly it's, you know, when you're talking about competition that, and that's a different side of things, there are times where it is important to, to be a little bit more strict for the sake of numbers. But when we're talking about somebody who just, you know, doesn't understand that food is love. It's just like, I can't wait to get a hold of that person. You know, because flavor, eating things to satiate yourself, um, texture, smell, color, all those things are are super, super important because these are, these are our senses. Every time we eat, um, you know, your senses are heightened. And to my knowledge, the only other thing that, um, that heightens, uh, senses quite like that is sex. And those are two pretty important things, reproduction and, uh, survival. You know, so, um, so as far as the food, yeah, to answer your question, it's, I mean, put as many colors on your plate as you can, enjoy your food, um, you know, make it taste good, make it healthy, you know, whatever works best for that individual based on their environment, that's kind of what we strive for. And your protocol generally is about, uh, that if it fits your macros, right. Or also called flexible dieting. Yeah, I I definitely, uh, prescribe to that. Um, to that, uh, I guess we'll call it a movement. <laughs> it's something I've been doing for about four years now. Um, but definitely a lot more popular within the last uh, 12 to 18 months. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, becoming more food conscious, um, is something that, that I think a lot of us kind of struggle with, uh, initially because intrinsically we're really curious people, right? We're, we're, animals that want to find stuff out. And so anytime we're, we're introduced to something, whether it's art, whether it's, um, you know, a new car, whether it's, you know, food, obviously, cause we're talking about that, then we want to find stuff out. And so inherently we're going to go into detail. And so as we go into detail, it's important to do that with plenty of elbow room because, um, you know, last thing you want is for somebody to come in and say, Hey, listen, I have these, these great three recipes and I love them, love them, love them. Um, and then coach A says, yeah, that's awesome. Stick, stick to those and one other. And then all of a sudden, you know, they develop a, a negative food relationship. Um, and then looking at this list of things that say, okay, well, this is what's on my, on my list. I enjoy it. I should eat this. So everything else is bad, mm. you know, and that's the complete opposite of what you want when we're, when we're talking about, um, you know, flexible dieting. 
Oh, yeah, definitely. That's one of my favorite things to talk about. Good food, bad food. It's like immediately when you get this plan, everything not on that plan becomes the bad food or the cheat food. And like cheat meals, that's like one of my least favorite phrases in the whole world because it, yeah. it like <laughs> makes you feel guilt immediately. It's like I just yeah. had a cheat meal. And then a lot of times people, when they have that cheat meal, they have to post it all over Instagram and Twitter and Facebook because somehow – that will like alleviate their guilt because people will be like, oh, that looks good. So then they're like, okay, well, at least my cheat meal looks good to other people. I can, I can have it and be fine. So like social media is just a remedy for like their guilt. And it, it's just like this terrible cycle that goes over and over. And there is no bad food. There are no cheat meals. There's just food. It's just different kinds of nourishment. Yeah, it's, it's almost like the, uh, the social media post turns into admission and then justification. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Just I agree with you. It just really doesn't have to be like that, and it really shouldn't be like that in my eyes. Um, and so we we've kind of gone from if we take it from a really broad perspective, you have to eat to live. So I would call that kind of like level one, right? Well, the next level is okay. Well, what am I eating? Um, so you become more food conscious. Okay, well I'm eating pizza today. Um, I'm eating salmon with asparagus for the next meal. And later on, I had cereal, and maybe I put some protein powder in there because I like the way it tastes. Um, so you're becoming more conscious of what you do. Well, the the third level, I would say, is well, what's in these? What what makes these food items up? What are these nutrients? Um, and for the folks who who want to hear that, who want to know a little bit more about that, um, figuring out you know what your macronutrients are: um, carbs, proteins, fats, and and saying, okay, well, I know what's in these. The next logical step is, okay, well, what makes the most sense for what I want to do? Um, and, that's, and that's where I think a lot of people tend to, to slip up and, and they fall away because, well, what makes the most sense for what I want to do? Well, let me see what, you know, Joe Smo does because I saw him on the cover of like three magazines the other day. And they're going to get feedback based on what that person does, um, but it's not necessarily going to be best for them. You know, not from a mental health standpoint, not from an emotional health standpoint. Um, physical health, yeah, usually those diets are, are pretty uh, nutritious. They're not calorie or nutrient void. Um, but then we go into the same circle of, well, this guy ate that, so I'm going to stick with this only. And that's just not where you want to be. Yeah, I like looking at like that, like a spectrum. Like a lot of people that listen to this podcast actually have been like counting macronutrients for forever. And mm -hmm. are trying to kind of back off so that they can just eat intuitively again. And I yeah. think it's really awesome, though, that they have that knowledge anyways. Like, you've done all the studying. You've done all the learning. You know the calorie count and things. And, like, yeah, sometimes there are moments where you want to forget it all and just see food as food and not necessarily see, okay, that's a protein. That's a carb. That's fat. I just had my workout, so I should have this and this after this. And then three hours later, have this. Like, it can become such an equation. But... But, 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 it's still awesome at the same time. You have all that knowledge, and now you got to just work at putting it together without having to stress over it. Like, you already know what's optimal after workout. You already know, like, how many calories that you're, you know, you thrive best on. So you can just take a step back. You don't have to be as, like, on the total opposite side of that spectrum where you're just intensely counting everything and weighing everything. But you have the knowledge, and then you can just look at, like, okay, this has lots of different nutrition in it and like this meal is perfect and I worked out really really hard today so I can have more carbohydrates or I'm not going to work out today and I know fat sounds awesome right now so I'm going to eat more fat today like it can be as simple as that yeah I agree with you 100% and that's and that's a, a great sort of 
maturation um, from, you know, just eating to survive to understanding what you're eating and to kind of, I don't want to call it coming full circle because there's always something more to learn, but I don't have a better analogy. So I'm going to say call it, call it uh, coming full circle is that you can do that. And, and that's what I alluded to earlier on is that you have this opportunity to learn, you absorb this information, and then moving forward, you do the same stuff you're doing previously, you're just doing it more intelligently. Um, And the best part is, you've already developed these habits. So once you step away, if you are, you know, concerned still with with body image, um, to a degree, then you're still going to adopt those habits for the most part, because inherently, that's something that you enjoy. You know, so so I think it's it's important to identify the the synapse between those who do it because they feel like they have to, and those who do it naturally stress free because they have the habits and it's again it's just something that they enjoy. Um, and perfect example, perfect example. My one of my sponsored athletes, um, and I'll use a show for example, just because that's you know most of what I'm in. Um, he he just did a show up here in uh, up in Dallas. Um, and ended up getting bringing home two pieces of hardware. He looked amazing. Um, he looked fantastic. Um, I don't think, but for a couple of weeks, I had to diet him under 2,400 calories a day. Um, but he he did great. He got first and second. Well, I go visit with him over the holidays, and he's like, "Man, I'm just really feeling kind of not connected with the weights. I'm feeling kind of apathetic about even going into the gym." Um, I haven't been watching my reverse diet numbers, and I said that's fine, man. Just just do what you want to do. Do stuff that that you enjoy. Take three weeks and throw yourself into another hobby that is completely non-fitness related. You know, do something that makes you feel happy and and joyful, um, so that when you come back to to the fitness to the nutrition, you still enjoy that. Um, and even still, you know, we're hanging out and we're eating and just out of habit, I'm, I'm watching his plate and he's putting on things that are pretty close to what he's used to doing, but he's also not thinking about it. And that, that was a great thing. That was a great time for me to see um, an athlete who's coming from such a strict place um, to saying, okay, you know what? Coach said I can, I can do this for three weeks. It's like there's my admission and justification. <laughs> That's all you need. Um, and it was great. It was great to watch that that mental switch and his attitude, his his uh, physical disposition, his demeanor all changed for the positive as soon as we had that talk. Oh, that's such an amazing place to be. Like I had to do something very similar, and I remember several times I talked to you about this. Like right after one of my shows, I just told you like I needed a break. I really needed a long break, and I couldn't really take it because I just I didn't give myself permission to do that. So I went a few months later of still trying to just like calorie count and like hit the gym, even though I wasn't enjoying the gym at all. And then finally, when I moved to Colorado, I was like, you know what, fresh start. And also like, just, I'm going to take, I'm going to finally take this break. And so Mm -hmm. I took just like forever off. Like I took a really long time off and I stopped counting everything and I just ate real food and I I probably went through a few weeks of eating stuff I didn't really necessarily like because I was just trying. Like, I was just trying so hard to just eat different stuff and, like, see what I liked. And it's so crazy. Now, 
I don't go do the whole bodybuilding split routine that I used to do anymore. Now I go to CrossFit, but I absolutely like love it. I found something that I'm just like totally in love with. And my diet is so easy now that I have taken that break. And I am pretty much eating all the stuff I was eating before, but like the quantities change every day depending on how hungry I am. Like I'm always down to eat something new. I go to restaurants and like I'm just so much more at ease because I trust myself with food and I'm like I know I have the knowledge I know what I like to eat I know how to eat and like when I have meals at restaurants that I don't know the calorie count of sometimes I mean like I'm gonna be totally honest some days I'm like stressed because I don't know what's in there but then I'm also like I take a moment and then I just experience gratitude and I'm just grateful for like even having the opportunity to go out and like having family to go have dinner with and then I just remember that meal was totally worth it and like sometimes I'll not be hungry for like seven more hours later and like once upon a time that would have freaked me out because you know I have to eat every three hours but like my intuition has gotten so much stronger that being able to take that seven hour break in between meals is a breeze because I just don't make myself eat when I'm not hungry and it's like all this awesome self-trust. Yeah, and that's that really is a great place to be. It's um, you know you're doing you're hitting all the nails on the head. You're doing what you enjoy because you enjoy it. Um, it's a little bit exciting because maybe there's in the back of your mind you've got that that uh, okay it's every three hours or should you really be eating this? So there's that fun sort of danger aspect uh, involved. Um, but a- again, you're just enjoying it. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's um, that's the most ideal way to go about it. Um, especially coming from a place where, you know, mentally we get battered when we go through shows and it's not difficult and it's not for everybody. Um, or just having really bad body dysmorphia and, and body image issues in general. You know, it's, uh, it's important. And I think the, it seems like the environmental factor was your biggest, uh, was your biggest piece of red tape. Cause once you got out of the, at, out of the, the Austin environment, you're like, okay, it's free. I can do what I want. <laughs> so that's mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, Austin, I really felt like living there was kind of just so weird. I hate to blame anything on a city because it's all in, it was really inside of me. But for some reason, I really felt like being there, there's something about living there that really made me feel kind of like trapped to what I was doing. Moving here just totally released me from all of those have tos, should be's. Um, but you, you know, you, you brought up body image and I want to ask you real quickly, like with people that come to work with you that want to change their figure and you can tell that they have some kind of body image or body dysmorphia, um, point of view, do you stop them from doing a show or discourage them from doing a show or remind them of, you know, the reasons they should be healthy? I ask why. I ask that question a lot. I call it bringing the pain to the front um, because everybody has some some sort of secret. Everybody has – not that I'm going skeleton hunting by any means, um, but sometimes – well, oftentimes, if someone has a pain or a fear, um, which oftentimes that's what it becomes. It's, it's a fear, and they voice that. Um, a lot of times they'll realize, okay, well, maybe it's not as bad as I thought. Um, or maybe they have they had an event that was tied to that fear um, that they're still holding on to. So I try to figure out 
you know, why is this, why is it so important for this people to stand up, stand up on stage for, you know, however many minutes and let seven strangers decide their emotional fate? Because that's obscene. You know, it's just, it just doesn't make sense. And unless, um, unless it is your job and you, you mentioned that earlier, if you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to represent a product or to look a certain way, then yes, yeah, your job and, and the game changes. Um, but that's something that I say to, to all of my clients, um, new or, or repeat competitors is remember, listen, it's the, the moment you step on stage and you put more stock in what those seven strangers think than what you think you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Um, and more often than not that, that will scare people off, (laughs) Um, but the ones who stick around, they discover that they can do these things in a healthy way. They can enjoy the process. Um, whatever is happening, whatever that important date for them is, becomes a day of celebration rather than, oh, God, I just made it out of the gauntlet and I'm still alive. I can't believe it. Um, so, yeah, that mental, that mental health aspect really has to, be, has to be there or at least developing first. Um, and then for me as a coach – I need that to be in those people and for that understanding to be on the surface because there are going to be times when it's hard and they have to understand that they really are doing it just for themselves. And that's where that real strength and, uh, and power can come from because it then becomes about um, finishing something that you commit to for most people as opposed to, well, this person said something that made me think they really don't care, so now I don't want to do a show. You know, so, so making sure you, your, your mind is in the right place is, is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this kind of, this kind of has something to do with the, um, the fourth point. So what is the, what is number four? Um, understanding your environment, the internal voice versus the external noise. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, this stuff is always on an individual basis. Um, as, as much as, you know, especially for your listeners, um, we know that we're in an image-based industry. We're in an image-based country. Everything, you know, number one rule of marketing is that sex sells. Um, and a lot of us don't like to align ourselves with that, and a lot of us don't agree with it. But, you know, again, numbers don't lie. And so, and so you have to understand you may not like the game, but all of us are kind of playing it to a degree. Um, and so you just have to understand what part of the playing field are you on and what part of the field do you want to move to that makes you happiest. Yeah, and so that would that, I guess, be mostly the external noise, everything that's going on around? Yeah, when you're talking about the, uh, you know, what you, what you see, what you hear, um, all the stuff that, that influences um, your thought process, um, but that, in, that internal voice, you know, Loving yourself has got to be the strongest voice that you've got, um, because if it's not, then you'll allow yourself to be influenced by those other, uh, you know, all the stuff that we that we sense externally, um, and that that begins to change, you know, who you are, how you think. Um, we talked about early earlier on, you know, well, if I think on these things, if if I decide that I want that, then my heart will be about that. Um, and your internal voice will begin to align what the rest of the world is with what the rest of the world is telling you, um, and that's not always a good thing. Exactly. And then our very last point, which you've already said, but one more time. Um, continue to love yourself, um, especially once you've reached your goal. 
So um, developing the habits, um, maintaining something is is great. It's really, really cool to do. Um, but just because you've, you've reached a particular look, um, and I'll use the aesthetics because you asked about that earlier, just because you've reached a particular look doesn't mean that look defines you. That's not necessarily who you are. How you love yourself, the stuff you do day to day defines who you are. Um, and, and I think that it's important to remember in order to maintain something um, that requires a certain level of dedication, um, you should be able to match that caliber of, uh, of time invested with a certain level of enjoyment or self-satisfaction. And if you can do that, then you've nailed it. Like you're doing really, really good. You're doing better than, than 85% of us. Um, but part of that comes with understanding, you know, what your genetic predisposition is, um, not looking at things like weight as a determining factor, um, which if it were up to me, I'd burn all the scales on the face of the planet and you'd have to, um, be a licensed physician or, uh, you know, a certified nutritionist or something like that to even own one, because that is a scale is the worst body image Mm -hmm. destroyer Mm -hmm. (laughs) on the face of the planet as far as I'm concerned. Yep. I haven't even weighed myself in over a year. That's awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't know any other women besides you that they could honestly say that. Yeah, I like I can't even believe it. I was thinking about it and I, I realized, yeah, the last time I weighed myself was it was like yeah, it was probably in um October of two thousand thirteen and like we're about to have two thousand fifteen and like I haven't even like I, I I don't even think I've thought about that the whole past year. I just could care less. And mm-hmm. that's like huge. Like I'm patting myself on my back just because that used to be something I'd do every single day and like I don't know. I realized it wasn't making me feel the best. And like, it was also kind of weird when it made me feel good. It was like, every time it made me feel good, that means it's going to make me also feel bad. So like even feeling good when I saw a number was wrong. So I was just like, I'm going to chunk this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you, (laughs) that's awesome. I'd give you a high five if you were here. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Um, okay. So I, I have another question. Um, training because I know you're very you're very very scientific in your training and like the way you organize programs do you have a specific kind of like protocol that you have people um start out with whenever they're beginning a strength training program like progression to make sure that they have progression or is it is it a little bit more laid back uh it depends on the individual um I don't want to say laid back because everything Obviously, my business is called Precision Fitness, so I try to be as precise as I can with everything, mm-hmm. um, on, especially on my end. Um, but you have to take into account the, the factors are how old is the individual, um, what's their training age as opposed mm-hmm. to their age on this earth. Um, you know, there's a bunch of things that you, that you take in conti- into consideration before you develop a program for somebody. Um, and then, yeah, of course, if, if their goal is overall fitness, then you want to take them through stability, uh, balanced postures. You want to take them through tempo training. You want to take them through speed work. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, to, to answer your question, there's, there's a, a pretty common protocol that, uh, that most everybody goes through. Um, I definitely have my, my favorites. I have the things that I like to use the most. Um, but yeah, it, it just really honestly uh, depends on the individual and what that person's goals are. Um, 
which can be, you know, can be tricky sometimes knowing the, the difference between what your personal favorites are versus what does the individual want? Um, and then what also do they really need in order to, again, ultimate goal is to feel great about themselves. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that so much. That's awesome. Um, okay, so my, my very last question for you is, if you were to give someone one tip on strengthening their mind-body connection, what would you tell them? Hmm. One tip on strengthening mind-body connection. Um, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. I have so many, I don't know if I could whittle it down to one. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, I re- I'm really not sure. I, I guess I would, I would have to say um, doing the things that, that you enjoy, loving yourself. Um, again, I, I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but as long as you're doing that, then it will be easier for you to, to make those connections, it will be easier for you to, to progress um, as opposed to just doing things because somebody else thinks you should. Totally. And those two like definitely go hand in hand. If you love yourself, you're going to do the things that you love to do and that make you feel good. And when you do things that make you feel good, you're naturally going to love yourself and respect yourself. So exactly. that's a great answer. And David, this was freaking awesome. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can people find you? Um, everybody can contact me uh, directly um, if they so desire at um, www.prefitnet.net. Um, unless you prefer uh, social media, you can find me on facebook.com slash prefit. Um, and I'm always open to, to a chat, to discussion, to answering questions. Um, you know, as long as what I can do can, can serve people uh, to at least a, at least a small degree, then then that makes me happy. So that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. Awesome! Everybody, go check out his website, David. Thank you so much for coming on the show. This was awesome. Who knew long ago when we saw each other at that fashion show we'd be doing a podcast together? Yeah, I think it's fantastic. I love this stuff. That's great. Okay. Well, we'll see you later. All right. Thanks, Madeline. Bye. 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 Thanks again for listening, friends. I'm Maddie Moon, and you have been enjoying the Mind Body Musings podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please be sure to rate and review it in the iTunes store as well as subscribe. Also, please remember I'm glad to continue the conversation on my website, mindbodymusings.com, where you can also sign up for my free ebook, How to Love Your Body Again 10 Easy Steps to Stop Sacrificing and Start Living. I created this book to help everyone that struggles with body image, dieting, overtraining, and negative self esteem to learn how to not only accept who you are, but love who you are. This is coming from an ex-fitness model and bikini competitor, so trust me, I know what it's like to have those struggles and to want to be rid of them. So please, if any of that sounds good, head on over to moonfitness.net and sign up. Thanks for listening!